You're listening to Passions and Perspectives. I'm your host, Paul Johnston. Welcome to the Passions and Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Paul Johnston. Today on the podcast, we have Eden Borden. Eden Borden is a future sex therapist and the host of the Kinky Christian podcast. She is currently a sexuality studies student at Utah State University. Welcome to the podcast, Eden. Hi, Paul. So I just want to jump right into it. A lot of people are going to have questions kind of about how you got into to sex therapy, sexuality. So what's your story and your background in that? Yeah, it's always real fun answering this question. Um, I kind of stumbled into it by accident, I feel like, you know. Um, We've talked about this before, but uh, it was more of a study of relationships and dynamics and how they work. My friends were always joking. They were like, I was... I was the person who was never in a relationship but was helping people get married. And they were like, yeah, no, the coach doesn't play. (laughs) Um, And then I think when I got to college, I just realized how much the sexual aspect of relationships interested me, especially as friends began to get married and we were having more of those conversations uh, and were a little bit less shy around them. It did. I did have some of them in high school, but especially in college. And actually, I think that my studies of literature kind of played into it a bit because uh, in the English major, there's a lot of emphasis around that and uh, those cultural contexts because as much as we don't talk about it, it's huge as a piece of culture. Um, I think that (laughs) even my study of Shakespeare, I'm like a huge Shakespeare nerd, uh, really taught me a lot about the understandings of sex and sexuality during that time and so that just made me it it just piqued my interest and I was like ooh and then along the lines uh the sexuality studies minor was created and uh in having conversations with my own therapist and she was like no this is like a whole field and I think that you'd be really good at it and I just I decided to go from there I was like you know what I kind of do want to pursue this and it's something that I've always sought out education sources on. I've kind of taught my younger siblings about it. I'm a big sister and that's played a big role um, in wanting to educate them. But yeah, it's just kind of wanting to be in the know of culture and uh, common understandings and less common understandings and trying to educate people about them. Uh, And so if you get me up on a soapbox, I will (laughs) rant forever. (laughs) Yeah. And so you mentioned this connection between culture and and sex and how it's developed. I'd say that especially here where we are at Utah State, um, sex is a pretty taboo topic. People don't really talk about it. It's almost a a lot of times it's like the butt of the joke, right? There's lots of of jokes, lots of things that people just don't want to talk about. Everybody gets uncomfortable. Everybody starts blushing. Right. So in your opinion, why has it become so taboo and is that a a good or bad thing? Yeah, honestly, that is the question, right, is how did how did it get so taboo? And there's a lot of historical answers to that of the way that we've treated different um, uh, different parts of sexuality throughout history 
And uh, that's definitely a component. But speaking more towards like a church context, I think that a huge part of it is that um, we talk so much about uh, chastity. And I think that that is so huge and so important. And it's more what I think that's really about is protecting something that is so beautiful and makes us closer to our heavenly parents. Um, And I think that, I mean, I'm speaking religiously here, but I think that uh, the adversary will do everything in his power to make us think that we're not supposed to be like our heavenly parents. And one of the ways he does that is by kind of spinning the truths of sexuality and saying that like, oh, chastity isn't about protecting this power and this divine influence. It's about abstaining completely and never accessing that part of yourself and hiding it away and understanding that if those parts ever show up, they're wrong and they're ugly. And so I think that we've adopted so much of those in different ways. It even influences, um, you know, uh, the sexes in different ways, where I see that women take it on in one way and men take it on in another, where men kind of think like, oh, I'm this like sexual beast and I have to harness that and, and really make sure that I'm not just like hurting people somehow. And women think that, oh, sexuality isn't for me at all. And it's something that is for my husband and it's something I do to appease him somehow and it's become this like monstrosity that rather than saying this is a part of myself that was created in utero um, we instead view it as um, something that is to be feared and run from rather than harnessed and embraced and put the bridles on it the same way that you put a bridle on a horse and learn to ride. In your podcast, you kind of make the distinction between sex and, and sexuality. And I'd like if you could could make those distinctions for us now, and then what role does sex and then what role does sexuality play in society? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I think that sex is obviously an act. You know, it's it's a noun and a verb, but I like to think of sex as like, this thing that we do and sexuality is a thing that we have and it's a thing that we come into this world with um sex is a skill and it's something that we can learn how to do inside and outside of marriage Um, but sexuality is more of something that we get to discover about ourselves and understand how we as individuals get to get to feel those feelings because really it is different for everybody um even though that there even though there might be similarities between individuals uh everyone has their own experience with it and so i think sexuality is that personal understanding of how sex works in your own body and so what role does sexuality play in society then? Yeah. I think that sexuality, just like any part of ourselves, impacts the way that we interact with other people. You know, even though I'm not, even though I'm not having sex with my friends, uh, my sexuality in certain ways does impact that because I have certain, like, 
like intimate needs. And just because I'm not married doesn't mean those things go away. And so how I'm meeting those with my friends, like being like, hey, like I actually kind of, you know, want to cuddle right now. Um, and not making it like super awkward and like it's not a sexual thing. It's just about that uh, that component of yourself that needs to be seen and needs to be valued and needs to be loved. And so I think it's very interpersonal um, and also intersectional in that like it doesn't in a lot of situations, it might not just be your sexuality showing up. It might be a couple different parts of yourself showing up. Okay, let's see if I if I understand correctly. So it's almost not necessarily that it's it's just your sexuality, but that it's also connection to other people. Like you, you use the example of, of your friends, right? Mm-hmm. It's not your the sexuality there, but it's more of like just connecting with them. And I think we all do that in different ways, right? There's the the examples they always talk about is the like five different love languages, right? Mm-hmm. And some people are more physically affectionate than than other people, and they they need to to cuddle with you every once in a while. They need to they're always always bumping into you, telling you did a, a good job, and slapping you on the back. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think something that I noticed while listening to your podcast was that you wanted it. And correct me if I'm wrong, you want to make it so it's not as difficult to talk about sex and sexuality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that these conversations, I mean, they need to be approached with the right respect and understanding for them, of course. They're not necessarily, I mean, they can be more casual conversations, um, but there might be certain aspects that you don't treat as casually as talking about like, um, you know, like taco night with friends. Um, But I think about uh, a conversation that I had with one of my younger siblings. Uh, He's 10 and he asked me what really is sex and what does that look like? And we had a really good conversation and he, you know, through it he had a lot of questions and I was asking him like well what do you know about this thing and what do you know about this thing and by the end of it he was like oh okay really cool you're good at explaining this and I said that's really awesome you're really good at understanding and he said okay can we go get peanut butter bars (laughs) so just flooded I mean maybe that's the fact that he's 10 but I think that it was just a natural flow of conversation it came up because he was asking me about school and it left because we wanted to go get a treat after I was taking him out on a little like fun outing uh and I think that these conversations you know I I don't know about everyone else, but I think the common understanding of where we're currently at with the way that we talk about sex is that mom and dad one day bring you into a very private area and they sit you down and they say, okay, this is where babies come from. And they don't give you a real explanation. They give you the best one that they're able to come up with with their own comfort level because they themselves aren't comfortable with the topic yet either. Um, and then, the you know, that's like, that's the parent-child aspect and the um, teacher and learner aspect of how we have these conversations. And then there's also the like peer-to-peer way that we have these conversations or even like husband-to-wife or partner-to-partner. And uh, 
I see this showing up as either uh, talking about it disrespectfully and perpetuating a lot of lies and a lot of wrongs, um, things like, oh, it's supposed to hurt, or hurt harmful jokes that perpetuate things like rape culture um, or objectification. And, you know, it, it ha- there's a sliding scale of all different types of ways that that shows up. Um, but even better conversations of being like, hey, is this normal? Do you ever feel this, you know, in the same way that you might talk about like, oh, like, I have this weird rash. <laughs> like, can you tell me what's up with this? Um, and uh, like, I have a lot of friends who are asexual. And so they have a lot of questions for me just constantly. They're like, wait, so how does that work? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, no, sometimes you just see people and you're like, oh, yeah, I have feelings for that, for, for them. Um, and I, you know, like specifically like sexual feelings. And you might be like in a, uh, in a room with somebody and like suddenly you're just like, oh, okay, I can see that. Um, and they just like can't wrap their minds around it. And so it's opened a lot of doors to have conversations because they have so many questions. I think that's what it comes down to is that we have so many questions. And I think that those questions deserve answers. Just like, just just as much as we would give respect to um, any other questions about a person's development uh, in any arena, be that physically, mentally, spiritually, etc. Yeah, so I guess what can we do to allow those conversations to happen more naturally and I guess not casually, but to be easier. What what tips would you give us to have those conversations easier as you're you're great at, at doing? <laughs> um, yeah, and, and like I said, they can be casual um, for sure. I think that it just takes practicing having them. You know, I think that for anyone learning to ride a bike, they're going to stumble, they're going to fall, they're not really going to understand how to, you know, avoid those little blushies and stuff because they have certain subconscious beliefs about um, sex and sexuality. And so that's something that they themselves have to work on. And a lot of it comes down to shame, uh, which we we have so much sexual shame uh, on individual scales and global scales and inside of, you know, our church culture. I think that we we show we show up to these conversations with you know things that we're afraid of being seen and you know sexuality is one of the most vulnerable things it is the epitome of vulnerability um in my opinion and so to be seen in that way both by our sexual partners and just in the conversations about sex is hard for sure. And I won't discount that. Uh, But being able to show up for yourself in that way and say, hey, I want to know. I want to have these conversations. I want to talk to my my gal friends or my guy friends and understand, you know, like you're so good at doing, I want to understand their perspectives on these things. Uh, I think that another huge area that this shows up is with the the queer community. 
Uh, I myself am bisexual and even over the past couple of years that's something that I've really come to understand and come to terms with and uh, actually having that conversation with people has brought out healing in other areas in my life because I'm willing to show that vulnerability of like hey this is where my this is how my sexuality shows up and I want to talk about it and whatever you know a person's individual decision is for how they uh, face their own sexuality be that abstinence or sex outside of marriage or um, you know whether they are queer or whatever however that shows up for them uh, they deserve the utmost respect and love and that's something that you can't get if you feel like you have to hide and so we i guess we've seen a lot of uh movements towards helping helping these types of communities um what what can we do in in your opinion to to kind of bridge those gaps i think that it's just you know nothing changes from point a to point b in them you know inviting you in i you know again uh had a conversation with my therapist about this when i was uh trying to decide if i wanted to tell my parents about it and she told me not to think about it as coming out so much as inviting in inviting in and so we don't talk about it between us when we talk about it we don't say coming out we say inviting in and that's something that i think that she learned from queer eye which is a great show and i think everyone should watch it uh but we all have things that we're afraid to tell people we all have things that we are you know quote unquote in the closet about whether that is you know your sexuality or maybe it's something else that you're holding back from somebody and so it's absolutely no different from somebody telling you about uh, a problem that they're having versus somebody telling you about their sexuality which it's i mean you know same-sex attraction in my opinion is not a problem at all in fact i think that it's something that we're created with uh but it just shows up the same in how we just decide I'm just going to love and try to understand them. I guess that's one of the reasons that, that I have the the podcast, right? To understand people better. This specifically is an area that I do not understand very well. I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that, that I don't understand um, the LGBTQIA plus area very, very well. And that's why I like having people like you on that understand it more. And I hope that I can can gain a little bit more insight and our listeners can can gain a little bit more insight. And as we do this, I hope that people will begin to, I guess I would say, say love those people more, right? Feel more, more connected. I think as we learn more about each other, we learn that we're all, like you said, right? We're just struggling in, in different ways. And some people's struggles might be more socially accepted than, than other people's. And so I think that it's important that that we recognize that in in ourselves and and be willing to have the the hard uncomfortable conversations. How have those conversations kind of shaped who you are today? Yeah. Well, that's first of all really well said. Um 
in the way that you framed that. And I think that it has shown up in, first of all, showing me, you know, who who's actually my my tribe, you know? Uh, I think that just the more, you talk about this a lot, but the more we have these conversations, the more we bridge the gap between us versus them, you know, uh, or me versus you. And it's just, you know, all of us together. And maybe it's all of us together against a problem, or maybe it's all of us together um, learning and growing. Uh, and so the way that I... I've seen these conversations shape my own life is that it has opened doors to be like, you know, rather than saying, oh, we don't talk about that, you know? And so these parts of self get, you know, they just stay in their little rooms and they don't get to be seen. And it's almost like they're just looking out of, you know, the little peephole of their door, wondering what's going on outside of it. And they're just begging you and they're saying, hey, like, when do I get to interact with your friends? When do I get to show up? Um, And whether that, you know, whether that's about your, you know, uh, sexual identity or your, you know, sexuality in general, um, it's, it's in there and it's waiting. And if you don't let it be seen then it suffers and it cries out and it causes you a lot of internal pain and I think a lot of trauma and if we instead say this is part of me and that deserves to be respected and loved and if nobody else will then I will Um, and showing up for yourself if nothing else and so having those conversations I think allows me to show up for that person and to say and to prove to them and say this is a good part of you this is amazing like this is so cool and the fact that no one has told you that up until that point like a I'm honored to be the person who gets to tell you this is a really awesome part of yourself and b I'm sorry that you've had to go this long thinking that you had to hide this like I can't imagine what that's like to hide this your whole life um you know whatever that may be and the final question that I, I want to pose to you today is what is your vision with the work that you're doing? Well, first and foremost, I think it should be fun. I think that conversations about sex should just be so fun, which is why I call my podcast the Kinky Christian Podcast because it frames it in like a I don't take myself too <laughs> too seriously. Like we can have super fun, deep conversations, and I love those. Um, I can talk for hours with people about the deep stuff but I also just want to be like hey like you know what's what's fun or funny to you about these things um and understanding that play is so important and we don't get that a lot as adults we don't let ourselves have that a lot and one of the ways that that shows up for us in our you know in our sexual relationships whether that's the way that it shows up in maybe our marriages is sex and there are other ways too that play shows up for sure um so i want people to learn to be you know playful and i also think that i want people to know especially people in the church community 
I want them to know that sex does not stray them from the path of God. If anything, it brings them closer to it. That our our heavenly parents are divinely sexual beings and and created us to be so too. They didn't, you know, they ask us to guard it and to protect it. And, you know, it's not something that we give to everyone. It's something that we are vulnerable with the right people. We're vulnerable with the people that we know will help us to grow in the right ways. But it's also not something that you should hide. It's not something that is, you know, a wicked part of a fallen world. Uh, it's just it's just a part of you, just like your hobbies and your interests. Um, and so I, my vision is that people will um, have healthy conversations with each other and with their future children. It starts with having conversations with each other because if one day your kid asks you a question and you've never been asked that question before, you don't know how to answer it. But if you remember, oh, like back in college, I had this conversation with a friend. Okay, I just need to reframe it so it's, you know, understandable for a (laughs) seven-year-old. It's a lot easier to talk about those things if you've had the practice. So I just want people to know that this is a part of you, just like anything else, and it deserves to be seen and loved. Thank you, Eden. If you have any other questions for Eden, you can reach out to her at an email or a DM on Instagram, both of which you can find in the show notes. Please, if you get a chance to leave us a rating review on whatever platform you're on, it helps more than you think. Thank you. This podcast was produced and edited by Paul Johnston. Special thanks to Cole Hunter for the music. Please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like me to cover in the future. You can reach us at passions.perspectives at gmail.com.